You are about to meet someone that I affectionately call one of my soul sisters. Rachel is a girl after my own heart, and you will see why within the first few minutes of listening to her. A ton of wisdom here, folks. So grab a notebook and join me and Rachel as we travel down the path of imperfection, episode 43. P.S. You can pause. Welcome, traveler. The path of imperfection is all about talking through the stuff and uncovering the what's and how's so that we can embrace ourselves and each other as human, one imperfect step at a time. This is a podcast for anybody with the courage to try. Hey, guys. So I am super excited to introduce you to someone that I was introduced to just by like searching the web about six months ago. Her name is Rachel. And she has like legit the most amazing podcast that you will listen to. It is the most helpful podcast. It is a podcast that's going to give you takeaways every single time, little bite-sized takeaways that I know that you guys love. I want to introduce you to Rachel. And so I'm talking with her today and I'm super excited to do it. I was just talking with her and telling her last night felt like Christmas to me. Like as I was sleeping and not sleeping, my husband's like, what's going on? Are you nervous? And I know I'm excited because it feels like Christmas. So I'm going to introduce you to Rachel. She's here with us and we are going to be talking about some really awesome things. So Rachel. Yes. Hello. Welcome (laughs) to the path of imperfection. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. I was smiling through that whole intro. You are so, so, so kind and generous. Thank you. Oh, it's easy to be. And as these guys go and find three and 30, their lives are going to be changed. It's going to be absolutely. You're so nice. Thank you. Introduce to my audience a little bit about three and 30. Tell, Tell us a little bit about how it came to be and kind of like give us your spiel about that. Okay. So three and 30, it's so my podcast is called three and 30 takeaways for moms. And it's three actionable takeaways in a 30 minute podcast episode about all sorts of topics having to do with motherhood, womanhood, personhood. And it came to be because I was a high school English teacher before my kids were born. And I got very good at taking big jumbled ideas and refining them down. So like my students would give me a draft of a paper and it was just like all of these ideas, like, and I would help them to refine it down to just the golden nuggets. And a lot of times I taught them, you should have three main points in your papers and start with like an interesting hook. And then you have your three main points that are really well developed and then you wrap it up. And so as I became a mother, I stopped teaching when my kids were born and I just really missed it much more than I thought that I would. And as I was listening to motherhood podcasts, a lot of times there were really interesting interviews, but like the golden nuggets were kind of buried. The interviews were really long. And I thought we need just like three takeaways, kind of like what I taught my students to do podcast. So I decided to create it. And it's been such a great balance for me of whereas where I had been missing my teaching. I get to teach a little bit, but I'm also home with my kids and it's just been a perfect fit. I love that. It's like see a need, fill a need. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's... need, I love it. And people ask me, you know, like, why did you create it? Or And I'm like, I created it for myself because that's what I was looking for was a podcast like this. And now I get to talk to really smart, interesting people and get their best three takeaways. And I learn more than anyone. So it's great. 
I love that. That's awesome. And I've noticed that there are some of the episodes that are just you. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of the episodes of you interviewing. So it's really cool to kind of get like a mix of both. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. And I do think that I'm going to start trying to do at least one per month. That's a solo episode because I really enjoy those as well. So we'll see. I'm not that organized, but... I'm a huge fan of the solo episodes. (laughs) Okay, good. You do awesome. I love it. I love it. So as we have collaborated together and we've talked a little bit about what to have this be, because I feel like you're just this wealth of knowledge. Like I feel like if I'm thinking about, oh, what do I do about this? Or how do I approach this? Or how do I enter this space? I go to your podcast and I find an episode for it. And it just seems like it just fits into my life exactly when I need it. And so as we've talked a little bit about what to talk about today, I found it ironic that that happened for me again. So in about, when was it? Beginning of April time? I don't know. Yeah, about then. I just was feeling crazy overwhelmed and could not breathe and could not do life and just was like, I don't even know. I just need a week. And I was talking with my husband, his name's Jason, talking with him and saying, I just need a week of nothing but like me. Like I need a week of no kids. I need a week of no like calling stuff, just nothing but just me to just catch my breath. And as I was planning that, I was like, I don't even know how to go about planning that week. Like I want it, I want to get the biggest bang for my buck. I want it to be a cool thing. And so as I was planning that, I, you know, made all the reservations of all the different places I'm going to, like I'm going to go get a spa treatment, get a massage and stuff like that. So I started to make all those arrangements and I got excited about it. And then all of a sudden this guilt sank in. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm asking a lot of my husband, he's taking a week off and he's taking my kids camping. My husband does not camp. Our family does not camp. And they're just completely falling off the face of the planet so that I can have a week. And mom guilt sink in huge. And I was just like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And then ironically, I open up your podcast and there is this like beacon of hope (laughs) called Permission to Pause that was, I believe it was episode 76. Am I remembering that right? Let me see. I wrote it down. Yes, it was. And for me, it was just absolutely encouraging. It gave me all of the things I needed to be like, okay, I can embrace this. I can do this. Because you took a month off. Hmm. Yes. So that is what we're talking about today is taking that month off. And you're just going to kind of give us the meat about that and what you've noticed about that. So let's start with the end in mind kind of. So you're coming out of that month from what I understand. Hmm. Yes. What and have was- you noticed? So for my month off, I unfortunately... <laughs> I was just going to say, unfortunately, I didn't get to send my kids away for that entire month. I love my children, <laughs> but but I didn't, like you were saying, you got, you sent them away for a whole week. I did not send my people away for a whole month, but That's I basically, yes, that would be too long. too long. Yeah. I basically cut all responsibilities that were not absolutely necessary or were not things that I wanted to do. For one month. And that, so that included church stuff, work stuff, particularly the biggest thing I took a pause from was work stuff. And just, I said no to extra things like people asking me if I could take meals to people or Mm. whatever. And one thing that I talked about on my episode is I think it's really important to have a finite length of time Mm. 
because I wouldn't want to live that way forever. I wouldn't want to say no to everything and, you know, all opportunities forever. But if you give yourself a finite length of time, I feel like that gives you a sense of more permission that it's okay. It's okay for me to turn down opportunities to serve other people and do different things for one month because I'll be back to, you know, doing those things later. But for this one month, I'm really going to hone in on my self-care or whatever it is that we need in order to feel more balanced and anchored in our life. And so that's what I did. And I'm just wrapping up that month off. And what's interesting is you asked me before we started recording, is your pause over? And I said, uh, yes. (laughs) Like I was kind of hesitant about that. Because what I really found was that the way that I lived during my pause is how I should be living all the time. Oh. And so like, yeah, it just, it made me realize that the joy that I felt being mm. truly present in my life and not overwhelmed, like that's not a guilty pleasure that we should reserve for just a pause. It's the way that I should have been living all along. And it's the way that I want to live going forward. And so that's been a really cool, you know, kind of revelation that I had was that actually none of these things that I did to take care of myself were that crazy. And they should be part of my regular life and my regular routine of self-care. I love that. And without that pause, you would have never known. Yes. You wouldn't have felt that. You wouldn't have known that. Yeah. And I did. I mean, I think some people thought that when I was taking my pause, I was just like not doing any work, just like resting in my bed. And like, (laughs) you know, I actually did work during that month. Yeah. I just didn't have the pressure of deadlines because I told Mm -hmm. my audience that I wasn't going to air new episodes that month. And so I really used that time to kind of get ahead on, on my life and on my work stuff and on deadlines. And it was just a much less frantic way of living and working. And when my kids got home from school, I stopped, you know, I was done for the day and really focused on them and was really truly present with them. And afterwards, I'm thinking, okay, that's how it should be. Because I'm not everybody has this luxury. But in a case where I'm my own boss, I can decide how much I'm going to put into things. And it needs to be a healthy balance between the work that I love and not letting myself be overwhelmed by that work that I love, which will quickly kill the love for my work and just being really more present for my family. I love that. I love in your episode, you talked about how you kind of asked yourself, like, what are you going to do to address the problems that created this overwhelm in the first place? Mm -hmm. And so it makes that time really focused. It's not like you completely fall off the place of the plan. I mean, you can do fun things. Like I know in my pause, I'm planning on going and getting massage and things like that. But for the most part, the biggest chunk is what got me here? Where's the overwhelm coming from? And what can I do to get ahead of that stuff? Because there's a lot of that, like my podcast, right? That I don't want to eliminate from my life. There's, I yes. show up in a coaching space and I don't want to eliminate that. I'm loving it. It's absolutely awesome. It gives me a ton of energy. I just need to get ahead of that. and figure out maybe more of like a time management strategy or something like that to be able Mm -hmm. to kind of like do that more consistently. Because like you said, that joy that we feel, that's not just some guilty pleasure we should get every now and again. Like that's how we get to live life. Yeah. 
And that was like, I think the biggest takeaway for me was I think that I felt like going into it, I'm doing this for my family. Like I'm, Mm. I'm going to take care of my health for my family and I'm going to get really present for my family because my work has started to just totally take over. But what I found was that it really filled me, like my joy in being present with my family. It wasn't about them. It was about me, if that makes sense. And how much better and more peaceful I felt. And so, yeah, that was just a huge shift for me. I'm just such a worker by nature. I did a personality, a really intensive personality profile once I had to pay, you know, someone to do it for me. And they described me in this profile as a perpetual, which, yeah, I guess there's two different types of ways that people operate in the world as far as like energy and time. And some people are finite and some people are perpetual. And when it was described to me that way, it totally made sense to me. They said that perpetuals, they don't have a natural sense of time. So like they will just work and work and work and work and they don't feel like a natural end point. They forget to eat meals. They like things like that. And that's how I am. Like I get completely consumed by my projects and my work. And so it's been good for me to just take a step back and say, I need to respect that that's how I am naturally, but I also need to build in some more finite type routines and rhythms and habits. What's interesting is I've heard you on one of your episodes, you talked about the basics of self-care being like hygiene, like like taking showers and eating meals. And, And you said in that episode, you're like, I know you're probably thinking this is so obvious, like who doesn't do these things? And I had to laugh when I heard that because I didn't do those You're things. You're like me, like me. <laughs> yes. And like, it's actually not natural for me to do those things yeah. because I'm a perpetual and I just dive in. And so I've had to really like set alarms on my phone to remind me to eat regular meals mm-hmm. and give myself a bedtime and all those things to just make sure I'm doing these really basic self-care things. And I think I've known for years that I needed to do that, but it really took getting deliberate about it during my pause to for me to see how good it feels and to make more of a commitment to keep it going forward. Yeah. And you kind of had a world rocker. I don't know what to call it, but just like your earth was shaken a little bit that kind of spurred this pause. Do you want to talk a little bit about like that experience where this thing happened and you're like, oh, I need to figure out a new mode of operation. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. It's interesting. I described it. I mean, I described it as a moment in that episode and it was a moment. But honestly, it was a year of very, very similar moments. Moment, <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I have a chronic health condition called intracranial. It's okay. It's called idiopathic intracranial hypertension. And I was diagnosed with it about three years ago, coming up on three years. And it's basically just you have elevated pressure in your skull. You don't have it throughout your whole body. But I've had to take medications to keep that pressure lowered. And the medications have given me chronic kidney stones. They've given me this heart problem that sounds grave. It's, it's not grave. It's harmless, but it's just uncomfortable where my heart like skips a beat a lot and my heart like really pounds and pounds. And so I just have not been feeling well since getting this diagnosis, but I also haven't really taken care of it myself in any way that would promote healing. Sure. And so for like a year, I would have these moments where I would feel my heart pounding really strong in my chest. And I would think, I need to change. I need to take care of myself. I need to be better. But I just would press on and not do it. But that morning, I woke up and it was really early and the rest of my family wasn't awake yet. 
And I could feel my heart doing this skipping that it does. Wow. And it just, for some reason, that moment, that time was different than all the others. I just realized I'm not at rock bottom yet, but I'm going to be very soon if I don't stop and take care of myself. So I could wait and I could keep pushing forward until I hit whatever that rock bottom is, but I don't want to. (laughs) So it was like this moment that morning where I just thought enough. I've been up really late the night before working till like one or two in the morning working. And I just realized I want to change. Now is the time I'm going to take this pause. In some ways, it feels impossible to take this pause based on the amount of work that I have piled up. And but I'm nobody is going to tell me anymore, especially me, that it's impossible to take a break or to pause. And so I just decided to do it. Yeah. And I love that awareness is just amazing to me that it was like, nope, this is where this is going to go if I don't do something now in this very moment. Yes. And I mean, it's in some ways, I've had five kidney stone surgeries over the last year and a half. Like when you hear that, you're like, okay, that was rock bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe like how painful it all sounds, like all of it just sounds incredibly painful. Yeah. And it's, but it's crazy that I still like, I still didn't see it as a rock bottom. Like I, Mm. it still could have gotten worse. Mm -hmm. Like even five kidney stone surgeries hadn't been enough of a rock bottom for me. Like, But just that moment, I realized I don't, wherever this is going, it's not good. So I'm stopping this now. Yeah. I have written down on, so I'm a post-it note queen and I just, there's post-it notes everywhere, all over my office, all over my bedroom. It's bonkers town. And on one of my post-it notes, on my bright colored ones, because I noticed those ones more, I wrote down something that you said that has just like, it was like a two by four, just whack right in my face. Cause that's how God talks to me. That's how the world, it just, anyway, this was my two by four moment. And you'd said, I need to stop being a victim of the busyness of my life. And instead I need to take ownership and say, there is almost nothing in my life that if I don't stop doing it or that I can't stop doing if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that is, that's powerful to say, I'm going to stop being a victim of the busyness and I'm going to stop just doing the machine thing. And I'm going to look at what I can stop doing because I can stop doing whatever if I need to or if I want to. Yes, anything, really anything like and you can stop. It's up to you. You have permission. You have control. And I have a friend who said to me since hearing about my pause, she's like, well, you can't just stop feeding your kids. I'm like, well, yes, that's true. If I mean, you could, but, you know, go to jail. I know, probably, if for you, you yeah. <laughs> but you can modify the way that you go about doing that, especially for a month while you take a pause. So you don't have to make homemade meals. You don't have like they can eat cereal every night if that's what needs to happen while you're taking a pause or a break. And so I think that it's maybe it sounds a bit simplified to people to say that you could literally stop doing anything in your life that you wanted to if you needed to. But it's true that it could be dramatically modified in how you go about doing that thing if you need it to be for a time. Yeah. How did you determine what was necessary? Like what areas needed to have that modification? How did you determine that for you? I think I just looked at my calendar and I really, like I, I said in my episode, like get ruthless about it. Like 
I just, anything that wasn't directly tied to like caring for the needs of my family, I just took a break from. And, and in order to do that, I had to talk to people and explain to them and say, this is where I'm at. I'm having these health problems. I'm not doing well. I'm taking a break from life. (laughs) And so I won't be able to fulfill this responsibility. I had to go back on a few people that I had agreed to interview for my show. And I felt really bad about that because I knew that they were looking forward to it. And some of them had been waiting for like a year. But I just, I had to tell them the truth and they were really gracious about it. So I think that there's there, there's an amount of communication that has to happen there to explain what's going on. But for the most part, people are very understanding. And if they're not understanding, you can still persist and hold strong to what you know needs to happen for you and for your life. And people can be mad about it and people can be disappointed. And that's one thing that I thought when I emailed someone about not being on the show. I'm like, I hope that she's okay. And then I thought, you know, she's allowed to be disappointed. That's okay if she's disappointed. And so just kind of giving myself that permission to not be all things for all people. And also to recognize that maybe I'm not as needed by the world as I think that I am, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not going to stop. It's one of those completely. things where, <laughs> yes, like the world's not going to stop turning if I step away from this. Like, it's not going to ruin somebody's life if I tell them that I can't have them on my podcast anymore. Like, they're, right. I'm not that needed, you know? And mm-hmm. it, I am, but I am needed mm-hmm. by the people right here in my home. Right. And so that is really who should be the priority when I'm, in a bit of a crisis spot, the people here are who should be the priority. Yeah. Yeah. So how this, and this is what I'm, because my pause starts tomorrow. Good for Um, you. And I'm just like, I'm rumbling with the guilt. So help me kind of navigate that Help The listeners kind of navigate how do you navigate and work through and ride the wave of like the mom guilt or the employee guilt or the wife guilt or whatever comes up when you're like, yeah, but all the yeah, buts when you start thinking about doing this pause or as you're getting closer and closer and closer to it. And like, how do you, how did you navigate through that? Or how did you work through that? Or what did you notice as you were doing your pause? If that crept up, like, how do you do that? I think that I just said you have to explain, you explain to others what you need and they're pretty understanding usually. I think that sometimes the hardest person to explain it to is yourself. Yes. And to justify it to yourself in a way so that you don't feel guilt. And one strategy that I've learned in counseling that I'm sure you're very aware of in the line of work that you do, it was in DB, I did DBT counseling. And they talked about big picture thinking versus filtered thinking Mm. and how easy it is for us to see our life through a moment or to see. So like the fact that I'm taking a break means that I'm not a good mother or the fact that I'm not going to go to that, my kid's sporting event or whatever during my break means that I'm not a supportive mother. And that's a filtered thought because you're seeing life, you're seeing your role through a very narrow lens of that one moment. Yeah. And they taught me instead to zoom out and, and see a big picture. So they'd say filtered thinking versus big picture thinking. And the big picture is look at all of the evidence, look at all of the other things that support that your kids have a very wonderful life and that you are a very good mother, even if you don't go to the soccer game because it's your break or whatever it might be. And that is a way that I have 
fought against guilt and helped to justify to myself that I don't have to do everything all the time. I zoom out and I say, you know, look at all of the wonderful blessings that my kids have, that my husband has, that look at all of the things that I do. And it's okay for me to not to take a pause from doing all of that for a second. I don't know if that's helpful or if that answers your question. That makes a ton of sense because with that filtered thinking, these are like stories that we're telling ourselves, right? Chances are it's not necessarily accurate, but, but we're telling ourselves these stories of who we are or what it means about us or whatever. And so I like yeah. it put in that framework of, no, that's, that's this filtered thinking if you look at the big picture. Because honestly, like, had you not paused or had you gotten to rock bottom, like, what kind of mom would you have even been capable of being? You know, if exactly. your body shuts down, like, all bets are off. And so being able to look at that big picture can be really helpful and can kind of be in this space of, no, I'm, I'm doing this for them. You mentioned that a little bit earlier, right? Like I'm doing this for my kids and for my family and for the sake of them. And even for the sake of your audience as well, right? Like even for the sake of the people that are listening to the podcast, I've got mm-hmm. to lock this up in order to be able to show up as my best self. And I'm definitely not in that space, right? I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, I recently heard an episode on Brooke Snow. Um, it's called the Brooke Snow podcast. And it's amazing. I highly recommend it. And she talked about the importance of being self-centered. And she said, you know, we use that word like, oh, she's so self-centered as if it's a bad thing. But that when you're centered in yourself, meaning like, you know, your purpose, you know, your value, you take care of yourself. Like when you're anchored and centered in yourself and you have boundaries and all those things, you're so much more able to operate from love in this world and give to others. And so she just said, it's, it's really important to be self-centered as in to be centered in yourself. And I'm like that. I think that's what this whole pause concept is about. Like it's easy to feel guilty when really all you're doing is you're recalibrating, you're getting centered again so that you can give from a place of love and authenticity instead of being completely burned out and giving from an empty off kilter place. I. I'm going to have to listen to this. That is amazing. That's an amazing, yeah, like we, us therapists call it reframes, right? So that's an amazing reframe mm-hmm. in how to hear self-centered. Yes. But I mean, I've thought so much about those words because I've also heard Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife talk about, she talks about how you can make a sacrifice for someone else as an act of self. Mm-hmm. So it's because you want to, like you're making the sacrifice or doing this thing as an act of self versus being selfless, which is another word that we, you know, we say like, oh, it's good to be selfless. But I've kind of heard her turn that on its head and say, you don't want to be selfless without self, you want to do things as an act of self. And so all of these, I love thinking about these words and thinking about how do you truly, you can only truly give to others and the world from a place of love, if you know yourself, and it's an act of self. Yeah. And I know I just, I have a dear friend named Kurt and we recorded an interview a while back and he talked about self-love and even self-love. That's another one of those things where it's like, was that even okay? And all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things and hearing kind of these, you know, reframes or other ways to look at it or flipping them on their heads or whatever makes it awesome to just start to get curious about that. Yes, absolutely. I love the stuff. 
Okay. Anything else? I think another question that I had just quick, just because I have a really like varying degrees of audiences, like some of the folks that listen are married, some are single, some are divorced, you know, whatever. If someone goes to enter into this like pause phase or or pause moment or whatever, and they don't have a super supportive spouse, or it's just them, is there anything that would be different in how they would navigate this pause versus how you've done it? Is there any other recommendations that you would give with them? I don't think necessarily. I think that you have to think about creating, asking for, paying for Mm -hmm. the support that you need in order to make this possible. And so if you are a single parent and you don't have a spouse that can support you in taking the load off, you may need to reach out and let people in and tell your friends, your community that you need some help for this month or pay for a nanny to come help with your kids after school or whatever it might be. Or Um, somebody come clean your house or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Like you, you have to create and ask for the support to make this possible. And that's something else that I've thought about with spouses. I always really encourage women that some, that sometimes you need to ask for support, not permission. Yeah. And so like with a spouse, you're not going and saying, can I do this? Or, but you're just saying, I need to do this. Will you support me? And I know that that, I mean, that's very simplified. I know the dynamics of marriage can be tricky, but in general, if you're married to a a good person that loves you, even if sometimes they kind of push back against, you know, if you want to hire some help or whatever, and they push back on that. If you truly go to them with an open heart, not in a heated moment, and tell them what you need and ask for support, not permission, I think most of the time they will give that. They will they will be willing. And they don't have to love it. They don't have to be like, This is the best idea ever. Yes, I'm totally (laughs) on board. Next week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like or even like, I'm so proud of you, or like you so deserve this. Like, they don't have to say any of that. They can still not really love it or be hesitant about it or not, you know, and you can still say, be centered in yourself and say, I don't need their validation or approval to know that this is what needs to happen. I asked for their support and I hope that they'll give it. But even if they don't give it, I still need to do what I need to do for my own health and happiness. A lot of times it's really going to be the situation of Hey, this is what I need or whatever. And they'll be like, how can we make that happen? Like what needs to happen yes. to be able to make that happen? Yes. And all the time, mm-hmm. right? They're like, what can I do to show you that I love you? What can I do to you know, support you or whatever, which is great. But this is really awesome. I noticed that something that you had said to your audience while you were talking in your episode was you let them know what you needed from them and what would be mm-hmm. helpful. And what would not be helpful? And I thought, mm. oh, what an awesome way to set a boundary, but not like be mean about it or whatever. It's just, hey, this is what I would love from you, or this is what would be supportive for me. And this is what's not going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you want me to explain you, that more, but yes. I, so basically what I said on there was, I know that you care about me and you're invested in my wellness. And so people, because people would will sometimes send me health advice, diets or oils or different things. And 
So I just, I didn't want to get inundated with that. So I said in the episode, I know that your suggestions are only because you care about me. Thank you. But it's, it's really not helpful for me. I'm working with doctors. I'm working with counselors. What would be helpful for me is if you sent support and prayers and good thoughts. And so I think you definitely could do something similar with the people in your life and just explain where you're at, explain what you need and just say, this is not helpful. This is helpful. So that's, and that's a strategy I learned from my counselor who I love. I love counseling. So, and she's just always told me, just say up front, even with my doctors, like I have doctors that sometimes suggest things that I don't feel, I have a history with eating disorders. And so there's some things that I'm just not willing to do as far as restricting and, and different diets for my health. And so she says, just tell them up front, even before the appointment starts, just say, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I'm still not comfortable with it. And if I need more information on that, I will let you know. But for now, today, I would prefer not to discuss it. You know, and that you can say that you can have a boundary even with doctors or different people in your life. And so that's been really helpful to realize. Very that. like centered of self place to be, right? Like yes. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. So when you recorded your episode, that was prior to your pause. Mm-hmm. What yes. then would you put in like, if you were to do another one, which I'm sure you're probably going to, but if that were to happen now that you're, you've done it and you're coming out of it, what kinds of things would you share? What kinds of things would you say? As far as recommendations of things that I would do differently, I think I went into it thinking, you know, I wanted to get ahead on my life, the things that had got me to that place to begin with, like you mentioned. And so I had a list of like, I'm going to read all these books and do all these programs to learn how to. And I should have just chosen one because what ended up happening is that I didn't do any of those programs because I had like three that I really wanted to do. And so I just kind of decision fatigued it and like thought, well, tomorrow I'll start this or whatever. And I kind of like watched one module of one and then And so I would just say, just choose one resource that you think will bless your life. So like for me, I knew that I wanted to get way better at managing my time so that I wouldn't be so overwhelmed. And so I'm like, well, there's, you know, there's these three different time management programs that I know about that I've heard great things about. And so, but when I really should have just said, it may not be the perfect choice, but I'm just going to pick one Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make a plan to set aside you know, 15 minutes each morning during my pause to read that book or go through that program. And I need to be realistic with myself that I'm not going to be able to do five different programs during my pause. And so that's one thing that I would definitely do differently in the future is just narrow in, choose one and then commit to a time each day when I'm going to chip away at it. And I would definitely want it to be something that I was excited about, like not that's the whole point of the pause, right? So don't choose like a book or a program or something that's a should for your life that you don't really want to do, but you're like, I probably should Mm -hmm. do this to get ahead on, you know, choose something like I've been wanting to do some of these productivity programs for a long time. They really excite Mm -hmm. me. And so just choose something that excites you and then make it happen. One thing during your pause. I love that. Anything that you noticed that you thought, oh, I did that really well. Like, I'm really glad that I did it that way throughout your pause. Yeah. One thing was social media. So I, I had originally thought that I would probably cut social media altogether, either for my whole pause or for a portion of it. And in the end, I decided to be have a little bit more intuitive 
social media use. So there's like, you know, there's intuitive eating, which I've done yeah, a show on my podcast about, about um, like listening to your body and not having really f- harsh restrictions around foods that you will or won't eat and having not cutting out like entire food groups at a time because it's really hard to maintain that. And so it's more about getting to know your body and listening to your mm. body. And so I kind of thought about that with social media. And like, I could go cold turkey and cut social media for the whole month. But then chances are, I'm probably going to just dive right back in. And I will not have learned any strategies for managing it well, it will have just been all or nothing, like, you know, and so what I ended up doing during my pause is I just checked social media once Mm -hmm. per day. And I did whatever I needed to do for work. And I did just did it all in one in one chunk. Mm -hmm. So I would set aside like 30 minutes and do it all in one chunk. And then I would log out and I would actually erase the app from my phone. So it wasn't even a temptation. And then the next day, I when it was a good time to get on and do it, I would just download the app again. It takes like 30 seconds. It's not that big of a deal. But it's enough of a deterrent that I to have to do that, that I don't... Because sometimes if I just log out of social media, it's too easy to just log right sure. back in. <laughs> you know, And so it was like a physical reminder for me of the promise that I'd made to myself that I wasn't going to be on there and I wasn't going to be distracted. Every night when I would hit that X and delete it, it was like, yep, I'm recommitting. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being so great. Like I still felt connected to my Instagram, to my um, podcast community. I could still kind of keep up with friends and family, but it was so moderate. Like it just wasn't extreme. I definitely felt like I was present in my real life and doing the social media thing in a much more moderate, sustainable way. And that's something that I for sure want to continue now that I'm off of my pause is I just want to continue doing that once a day, erase it or log out and do whatever needs to be done in one chunk and then get off of there and focus on my real life. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Anything else that you would add in any of this? Like as we've talked through and also if you just kind of thought about us having this conversation and this discussion, is there anything that you feel like this is meat and potatoes? Like people just need to know this. I'd say my final thought on this is to believe in abundance. (laughs) So... I think that one of the big reasons why I hesitated to take a pause and a break was because of, from a business standpoint, people say, I'd heard many people say, you have to be totally consistent with podcasting. You have to release every single week. If you don't, then your people are going to move on. And, you know, there's this fear of missing out in life. Like if I take a pause, what opportunities am I going to miss? And there actually were things that came up where like people invited me to collaborate on things and I had to say no because it was my break. And there's this part of you that's like, uh, am I totally going to be behind in my biz- in growing my business or in whatever it is, even if you don't have a business, there's this FOMO that, but I just had to say like, I have to believe in abundance. Like there's enough, there's enough to go around and there's enough podcast listeners. Like if even if some lose interest in me while I'm taking my break and they never come back, it's okay because new people will find me. And also I'm going to find new abundance in myself and in my own life. That's I'm going to be a much better podcast host after. And I'm going to find an abundance of joy in my life. And so I guess just don't let yourself be deterred from taking a pause 
because you are afraid you're going to miss out on something. Like believe in abundance and believe that it's going to be the best thing for your life, for your business, for your motherhood. If you take the breaks that you need to get really centered in yourself. That is awesome. And if it really needs to be a part of your life, it will come back. If it's something that really is supposed to be something that only you can show up in, it will come back into your space. Yeah. And I love that you said that because I, uh, one of my mentors, April Perry, she's the founder of Power of Moms. She's been one of my mentors for a lot of years now. She told me once that sometimes we think of opportunities in life like a conveyor Um, belt, like at the grocery store, that if it passes us by, it'll fall off the end and it will, we'll never get it. We'll never have that chance again. And she said, she likes to think of it like one of the conveyor belts at the airport that's for Mm -hmm. luggage. She's like, if it passes you by and now's not the right time to grab it, like it'll come back around or some other great opportunity will come back around. Don't be afraid that you're never going to get another chance or opportunity. That shouldn't be the basis on making decisions for your life. Believe in abundance. I like that. I love your bite-sized stuff. I love the just pick one thing that's going to bless your life. Mm -hmm. Do a one chunk, one focus at a time. Be present. I just, I'm loving all this stuff. This is good. This is a good like shot in the arm as I'm about to start mine. I'm excited. Oh, good. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to say congrats on doing it. And I hope you have an awesome experience with it. I'm hopeful that it will be what it needs to be and that it will be more frequent than once every 37 years. Like, (laughs) it needs to be more often than that. that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all of this stuff and for taking the time for me and the time for us, my audience, in just coming back from your pause. I feel like the last 45 minutes that we've spent together is something that I've treasured and know how important time is. So I'm grateful that you're willing. Well, thank you so much for having me on and for the work that you're doing for women. It's I really love your podcast. Well, thanks. And I'm, I guarantee no one left. Like they're all still around just waiting to hear more Rachel. So it's absolutely <laughs> fine. I guarantee oh, all the so right nice. people thank are still you, there. Thanks. So you're good. <laughs> thank you okay, so much. Thank you. Wait, don't go. I have an invitation for you. I have been doing the Dot to Dot Project, which is a monthly subscription service that people can come and be coached and enjoy the community that is the Dot to Dot Project since about December of this past year. And it has been absolutely amazing. It's been absolutely awesome. I am a huge fan of feedback. And so while I've been doing this dot-to-dot project and folks have been subscribing and seeming to love it and all those kinds of things, I have really wanted and desired to have some feedback about the website, content, the videos, and how all of that is going. I've offered to some folks to be part of a virtual focus group, reached out to these folks, and have gotten some really incredible feedback from those people. I still need a few, only a few folks to be a part of my next round of virtual focus group-ing. If you have ever thought to yourself, ooh, I'd really love to do the dot to dot project, but I don't really know or what's it all about or whatever, come and try it on. Email me, becky at beckyhennessy.com, becky, B-E-C-K-I-E at beckyhennessy.com and say, hey, I want to be a part of the next virtual focus group. I'm telling you, there's not a lot of spots that are left over because there's plenty of folks that already have kind of 
like in my community that I've sent that extension to. But y'all have been with me for so long. I want to make sure that I include some of you in that process as well. So email me, Becky at BeckyHennessy.com and say, yes, put me in the next round of folks. I've got about one, maybe two more focus groups that I'm doing before I stop doing that and I have all the feedback I need. So again, email me, Becky at BeckyHennessy.com to be a part of that group. You'll get six weeks of the subscription service for free as long as you promise to fill out some kind of a feedback form that you'll get at the end of the six weeks to let me know what's working and where I've got room to grow. 